0: Welcome to Success Story, the most useful podcast in the world. I'm your host, Scott D. Clary. The Success Story podcast is part of the HubSpot Podcast Network. The HubSpot Podcast Network is the audio destination for business professionals who seek the best education and inspiration on how to grow a business. HubSpot Podcast Network hosts act as on-demand mentors to entrepreneurs, startups, and scale-ups through practical tips and inspirational stories. Listen, learn, and grow with the HubSpot Podcast Network at hubspot.com slash podcast network. Today, you're going to hear me on the Sales Hustle podcast with Colin Mitchell. We're going to speak about how you can monetize your LinkedIn profile and turn it into a huge source of leads and revenue. If you enjoyed this talk, make sure you go check out the Sales Hustle podcast with Colin Mitchell at pod.link saleshustle This is me on the Sales Hustle podcast with Colin Mitchell.
1: Welcome to The Sales Hustle, the only no BS podcast where we bring you the real, raw, uncut experiences from sales changemakers across various industries. The only place where you can get what you're looking for to up your sales game. Today's episode is brought to you by SalesCast. SalesCast helps sales professionals transform the relationship building process and win their dream clients i'm your host colin mitchell what is happening sales hustlers welcome to another episode today i've got scott d clary the senior director of business development at grass valley he's also a super badass podcaster and we've got a topic that you're going to enjoy today we're going to be talking about why people should build a brand on linkedin and social sell scott welcome to sales hustle
0: what's going on colin how's it going
1: Good, man. Thanks for uh, hopping on here. Been looking forward to having you on and uh, super pumped up about this topic, but we like to start these out the same way every time. And if you've listened to the show, you'd know. And if you're not, you know, if you haven't, you're not going to hurt my feelings. Don't worry about it. Um, but give us the short version of your sales story.
0: Cool. All right. So uh, my, you know, going back to university, I jumped into tech sales. I work for Bell Canada, uh, a telco Um was supposed to go into law enforcement or or to be a lawyer my background or my my background my parents my grandparents uncles are all law enforcement so i was kind of the ugly duckling in the family Uh, so jumped into (laughs) tech sales made more money than any of my friends at the time um went from individual contributor uh well actually i went from retail uh to individual contributor and and small market then mid enterprise kept moving up kept you know making more money and saying like well you know what (laughs) this isn't so bad i can do it well i'm good at it didn't really have a process or anything and Uh, It was kind of just, I was nerdy enough to get the tech and I was charismatic enough to sell it to people. Um, And then uh, I guess as I grew in my career, I moved into sales and marketing leadership roles. then started to formalize the process, actually moved out of working for somebody, mm-hmm. went into entrepreneurship, quote unquote, and did a uh, fractional CRO or CMO work with a whole bunch of startups, helping them build up their sales and marketing process, mm-hmm. take the market strategy, helping them define their their customer profiles, buyer personas. Um, and then uh, most recently, fast forward to now, um, I signed up with a startup full time uh, at the time it was Excitum. Now it's Grass Valley. Uh, we were a small startup, about 10 years old. Founder brought me on to basically scale the revenue and close a deal with Grass Valley, a much larger, uh, you know, roughly, well, high nine figure organization, about 60 years old. And the founder mm-hmm. just wanted to sell a software prove the value to Grass Valley. Grass Valley saw the value in our software, in our team, um, and uh, acquired us about two months ago because Grass Valley was always just hardware, so they wanted to bring us in as an innovation unit. Um, and that's my nine to five, and that's my career story. And all my, you know, my entire career has just been focused on sales and marketing at various capacities, direct, you know, right at the front line of an organization, all the way through to managing teams that do that.
1: Boom, wow. Sweet. You gave us the whole the whole story, kept yeah. it short, and told it so elegantly.
0: You know what's sad? When I do that, I realize like how uh, short the career has been. <laughs> when, you, when you just break down like fifteen years into a, what was it two minutes? You're like, oh wow, wow. three yeah, three <laughs>
1: minutes, three minutes, yeah, three yeah. minutes,
0: yeah.
1: yeah. But uh, you know, you know your story well, so um, I mean you had a good run. I'm curious, kind of in the early days, like uh, when you were working at the telco, just, you know, inching your way up. um, What do you think contributed to that success to keep leveling up?
0: Um, uh, It was the same thing that's made me successful in every role. It was curiosity. It was not waiting Mm. for people to tell me how to do stuff. It was figuring it out. I was the person who Didn't want to get my quotes reviewed by my manager or my director like a week into the job with a new technology that I've never heard of before. I just wanted to just go, 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 go. And I think it was probably a little bit, um, I was a little bit naive. I think I, I think I thought I knew more than I did, but it just, it just pushed me to go and to make mistakes and to learn. I never waited for anybody to, you know, give me approval. I never waited for any, I just went with it. And I also, also, you know, cause I was a little bit technical, you know, I was a nerd, like growing up and I like to investigate and learn about stuff. I wouldn't wait for sales engineers. I try and architect my own solutions. (laughs) Um, if you ever worked in telco, you know that sometimes that can piss off sales engineers, but I just didn't want to wait for people. And I, I had a really great director, um, at Bell and he, and he, said to me once, he said, I'd rather, uh, pull you in than tell you to go out and, and to do more. I'd rather have to reel you in if you're doing too much. And I just took that to heart. And that's kind of what's led to my success. And because I had that attitude, um, I wouldn't, I would, if I didn't have some sort of curiosity or figuring it out or learning, I would have just, completely failed. So I just had to learn on the go as I learned new tech, new processes, new ways to do things. And also, you know, the that's also why I've been successful in like startup land, because at Bell, you're kind of just like there's only so much you can screw up, right? Like you're in a company the size of Bell, like you know, Fortune five hundred, I'm sure. Um, I haven't checked lately, but um, I'm pretty sure Fortune 500, you know, billions in revenue, like you're in your lane and there's a very small segment of customers that you're actually selling to. Um, so there is only so much you can screw up. But even within that, like you still try and explore and try and learn as quick as possible. At least I did. And I always found that that attitude put me in that top percentile, at like quite literally any group that I was ever selling with. So the President's mm-hmm. Club, the trips, all that stuff, I, I got those and I loved it. And that's like, it's like crack. Like, you know, like you get sent, you get sent to when you're, when you're younger in your career, you're not getting sent to as luxu- as, as luxurious destinations, maybe like Mexico, Dominican, but it's still a free trip and it's a nice trip. But then when you get older, you know, and you're starting to go to Monaco or Germany or all these very, very nice places, like for, you know, international trips and, you know, you, you don't do that stuff and you don't think about that uh, as like a trip when you're starting to come up in your career, you're not making a ton of money. Uh, You're making good money, but not enough money to go to Monaco for say. So it was a nice perk. And, uh, and actually that's the one thing I miss about working for large enterprise, the Mm, very luxurious president's club. Yeah. Free trips that you don't get in startups.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But there's other perks in startups, right? There are. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. uh, But so, all right. So out of all of that, the main thing I pulled out of there was, Uh, Number one, you were super curious, right? Which I've talked to a lot of salespeople and I would say that that is probably a consistent quality within all top performers is curiosity because curiosity leads to asking better questions, and most people that are like genuinely curious don't have that fear that holds them back from like asking a question that maybe, you know, they don't have the answers to, which leads to like more more, more vulnerability with their yeah. prospects, better questions, better rapport, better trust established, more of a collaborative conversation. Um, so that's one key, key thing that's essential if you want to be a top performer is like really flexing that curiosity mu- muscle as much as yeah. possible. Um, but then something else that you said, Scott, really, really stood out to me too is that you didn't wait for anybody, you didn't wait for <laughs> approval. So I'm curious, as much as that got you, you know, the free trips that everybody loves, did it get you in trouble ever?
0: Yeah, for sure. It got it got me in a lot of trouble. It got me in a lot of trouble. Uh, it got it got you know. I I I put quotes out in front of customers for things that were like ninety percent there, but like not quite not quite hundred percent of what we could actually do. Because I just wanted to move on stuff. And I'm not saying that that's the best uh, way to approach everything, but I'm saying that it's better than the opposite. the The polar opposite of that is is not feeling confident in anything that you do and second guessing yourself to the point where you are you have this like uh you know this paralysis right so
1: yeah 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 and so then in those cases i'm guessing the sales engineers are like
0: it was yeah yeah
1: (laughs) it's like this again yeah (laughs) we've never done this before but I, was hey, maybe, just, we was maybe we can it. It was maybe we can do it. Maybe we can do it.
0: It's <laughs> a <and> problem. <laughs> yeah, I um, know. But, yeah, but in all seriousness, like it's, it worked out. Like it all. It, it always worked out. It was never something that it was sometimes, you know, and I also owned it too. Like I didn't screw up and then tell a sales engineer to call a customer and say that we can't do it. Like I owned the mistakes. I was the one calling the customer and telling them that I told you that I could do something that we can't do. So I, I, yeah. I owned it completely and that was also the you know it would have been it would have been worse if I was the one who made up these horrible and like this is not to say that everything that I tried to do ever uh, blew up in my face a lot of stuff was was normal and fine and worked out but um yeah there was definitely times when uh you know you overextend or overpromise and you have to you have to rope back in but um it is what it is and I enjoyed I enjoyed I enjoyed that process because that process forced me to learn quicker Because if I jump into a new role and I try to do something and I can't do it and I'm embarrassing my ass by calling the customer and apologizing, like you can be damn sure I'm never going to make that mistake again. Right. Right. Like you learn. And salespeople
1: are stubborn people generally, at least at least any decent one that i yeah yeah <laughs> so sometimes we have to get our asses handed to us to be like oh okay i'm i'm not going to sell that again or i'm not going to say we can do that yeah. again yeah. or you know uh even if somebody already told you you shouldn't have done that you got to get burned a couple times <laughs> to realize I tried okay, to i'm not going to be good gonna, i tried to be good I'm not do I, that I tried anymore. to
0: yeah yeah that's fair that's fair so yeah so that was um I guess it was just that personality that that really pushed pushed me to be successful, and and you know the numbers don't lie, um, stuff closed, stuff, a lot of stuff closed, and that was and I was successful at it. But then I think that it was when I moved into um, sales leadership at a smaller company uh, where sales and marketing fell under the same purview, and I started to understand. And I don't know why I really showed that much of an interest because you speak to a traditional sales leader. Actually, this is the generalization. so it's not fair. But in many organizations, a sales leader that comes up through sales who's very good at sales is not looking over the fence at marketing and figuring out how to SEO a website, how to drive demand, copy, yeah. design, all the things that would normally be in the marketing in the marketing realm of business. and i but I just took an interest in that because I just found that there's it, the the direct correlation and the congruence between those two those two revenue units. It just made sense. It just made sense that you had to figure both out, because I also had my vision, right? My vision was CRO at Fortune 500 or some something at Fortune 500, Fortune 100. I wanted to be that tier before I jumped into startups, and I figured if I'm going to be there, I better figure out everything else that comes with what that person is going to have to know. And then I started looking at like self-studying, autodidact, like just figuring out everything about about marketing, and then I started applying that to help build out a sales playbook. And when you learn more about marketing, then you start to figure out a little bit more about defining profiles and personas. And then you realize that those can be highly useful for how to build out sales and uh, sales campaigns. And this is more of like a sales leadership piece right now. But, um, yeah, that was sort of the, that was sort of the uh, inception of me trying to figure out the marketing piece, which now when we speak about everything I do with my sales team, it's always about aligning that sales and marketing so that you have that congruent messaging going out. And that, you know, now I subscribe to like the Mark Robert's model of of sales, where you're driving demand, you're educating, and then you do have a strong follow-up sequence. You do have strong outbound, but it's aligned. The sales and the marketing departments, the website copy, the social, it's all speaking the same language. The emails that are being sent up by your sales reps, the calls that your ISRs are jumping on, those are all the same conversations that the customer is going to discover when they go visit your website. So I think that that's something that is, is very important. That's something that I try and speak about a lot, but, um, yeah, that's, that's sort of where it started when I started managing salespeople.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, and there is, there is a lot more, you know, organizations that are doing a better job of aligning sales and marketing these days. Um, and, you know, great sellers need to need to make friends with the marketing team and you know great marketers need to figure out what happens after the leads come in to to really do their yeah. job better and work you know more collaborative than in these separate silos and teams yeah. that can you know nail that are are going to win
0: yeah for sure man for sure
1: all right so we did promise we were going to talk about a topic, so we better get to it here at some point because we're just having too much fun um but i'm curious you know two two two-part question here really yeah um one you know you've had a lot of success on linkedin um you've you have your podcast that's that's been you know pretty damn successful as well when did you get started in in both of those you know how do they kind of work together yeah. And then let's kind of dig into this topic of why people should be building a brand on LinkedIn and social selling.
0: So I think that um started about three years ago. And actually I'll tell you I'll tell you why it started. So I I, always, I already kind of knew the power of LinkedIn, but I didn't I was using I was using it more for outbound than for personal brand building. And and mm-hmm. this <laughs> it's like it's a funny story, but it's so my girlfriend, she runs a very, very popular social media account and she she's monetized that and she's built a marketing company out of that and um, basically I was like, well, if she can do that in that niche, which is like, it's it's a different niche than, you know, like SaaS sales and marketing and and B2B, she can do that in that niche. Like, why the hell can't I do that and and monetize my brand and monetize the information that I have and all it is is putting myself out into the world again again and again and again and again and again and just talking to people that care about what I know and what I've done over my career. Like, I know how to do it. I know how to do it well. I, you know, I study, like, become the student of the person who you want to emulate. You don't know, study, study the Gary Vaynerchuk's, but then apply your knowledge and your messaging to that kind of content strategy. And all of a sudden you have somebody building a brand. So, anyways, and then I, and then I thought, okay, so where do, I, what type of content do I create? I want to build myself a brand. What type of content do I create? Well, the stuff that I talk about is kind of like, probably going to resonate more with an audience on LinkedIn than on Instagram. So why don't I go there first? You know, there's, there's opinions about how you should create content and what type of mediums you should go on. But LinkedIn made sense just because it was like, okay, well, this is people that care about sales and marketing. And then the podcast was, how do I create media assets, not just text assets that also capture the same thing? So, how do I have conversations that would be relevant to uh, a community or an, a group of people that care about business, sales, marketing, entrepreneurship? Um, I've I've since then grown the podcast a little bit to include uh, just like best practices for personal professional upskilling but the initial iteration of the podcast was it was actually called sales versus marketing and hmm. it's it's grown since then because I wanted to build something bigger but and I wanted to bring in some more opinions and now I think about it like how I built this times tim ferriss with like an added business focus um but the first, the first iteration of the podcast was it was called Sales versus Marketing, and it was just because that was what I knew, that's what I wanted to talk about, and I didn't know what the end result was. And actually, when we speak about LinkedIn, I actually suggest people are more purposeful with the content they create. But um, for me, it was just about I know that I want to build a brand. I want my name to be out there. I want more, I want more people to know my name because whatever I decide to do, the more people know, the more people that know my name, the easier it will be, regardless of right. what that thing is. But. That's that's sort of the the first the, that's the first sort of you know or the yeah the 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 conception of of the brand LinkedIn podcast building out an audience um, and now I can use that for anything um, and you can you can use a much smaller even if you know we're talking about LinkedIn and social selling and purposeful social selling and purposeful brand building. Um, in more of a true B2B context, like if I want my sales reps to build a brand on LinkedIn to achieve X goal, to X KPI, to drive leads, to convert, to give me more MQLs, SQLs, whatever that may be, um, that's great as well. And you can do that a lot sooner than three years later with, you know, 100,000 plus followers. You don't need that level of brand. You don't need that level of community to be effective in a B2B space because the bar is, I find, very low. So.
1: Mm. And so <clears throat> let's break down kind of the difference maybe here for So people that don't fully understand, right. Where you said when you really first got into using LinkedIn, you were mostly using it for outbound and then yeah. kind of, you know, uh, started to invest more in your personal brand and creating content. Did the mm-hmm. podcast kind of come around that same time?
0: Correct. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Cause I felt that I wanted video content as well. And I also right. wanted, I wanted to, I wanted to expedite the process. So, how do you expedite the process? Well, day one, nobody knows who you are. So, I wanted to give people content from other interesting people, maybe people they would already know, and and associate my brand with those interviews and those people. And that's that was the first. Uh, that was that was how the podcast got started.
1: So the so the podcast was a solution to having more video content um, and, to and really more cloud and
0: more information and all yeah. that. Yeah, it just seemed like an easy way to to create content that was, that was interesting for people.
1: Okay. Awesome. And then, so, um, now explain to people like the difference of using your LinkedIn profile and creating content to create more, you know, MQLs or inbound versus like fully, just using it for outbound, which is where I think a lot of sellers start or maybe that's the only Mm. way that they really know how to use it or don't just, or even just quite really don't know the difference.
0: So, okay, so this is good. So first, before we talk about LinkedIn, just forget everything you just heard from me, because that's what I've done for myself. The average person who's looking to use LinkedIn in a B2B context to develop leads, you don't have to go down this path day one. You don't have to be, you can start a podcast and that's a whole other conversation about why I think every company should have a podcast. But day one, all you wanna do is you want to use LinkedIn as for example, say a third channel To capture leads, we'll keep this podcast highly sales specific. (laughs) So, so you have, you know, if you're doing, if you're, if you're capturing leads, you have maybe your website. You're driving paid or organic traffic to your website. You're running outbound at the same time with uh, email and with you know cold calling and potentially you are DMing people on LinkedIn. So, what I would say is there's a missing component. So you have your website that's that's done. Okay, we have our outbound that's done. LinkedIn can be used not just for outbound, but LinkedIn can be used for inbound as well. So LinkedIn, I see it as an ecosystem where you can use it for uh, inbound, demand generation. You can use it for outbound, and you can also just use it as a secondary landing page that's already in an ecosystem of all your potential buyers. So your outbound, you got that. Okay, that's part one of LinkedIn. You already are doing your outbound and DMs. Your inbound, technically your inbound should be uh, from you posting content, from you getting people to look at you and, and you're putting stuff out into the world and you're creating content and a good content strategy on LinkedIn, especially in the B 2 B2B context, is just answering questions that your potential buyer, your ideal customer profile, buyer persona, that avatar would have about your product. If you're creating content that answers those questions, you're getting the right eyeballs looking at your content. So that's, you know, outbound, yeah. inbound. But the third component is to turn your uh, LinkedIn profile into an actual landing page. So I'm going to draw a parallel between your website and your LinkedIn profile. Um, When you run uh, an outbound campaign on LinkedIn, when you post content on LinkedIn, uh, people are going to look at your profile. And if you have no picture, if you have just your company and that's it, um, they're not going to get much information. It's either going to be a net neutral or, or a negative experience for the person. So what I would recommend people do is you're already posting content, hopefully. You're already uh, doing outbound. So turn your LinkedIn profile into a landing page, meaning that you have your header image that has a description of what you do, similar to the way a website would have a header image, capturing people's attention, telling them in a, a sentence or a couple of words exactly what you do. Um, you have some social proof on your LinkedIn header image. What have you done? What are you trying to accomplish? Who? What other companies have you worked with? Uh, where has your piece of software or hardware been featured? Has it been featured in Forbes? Is it on the Inc. 500? Uh, you know, have you achieved, you know, 5,000% growth? All these different things that can attract people to, get them to know exactly what you do in one line. And it doesn't have to be like a consultant play, like you see a lot of consultants do this well, but I could say in a B2B or a B2C or hardware or software, you can always optimize so that the second somebody sees your profile, they're gonna understand exactly what you do in that header. Uh, For your profile picture, you're gonna have a clear face shot, bare minimum, nothing too complicated there. In your summary, you're reiterating what uh, what that header image on your LinkedIn profile is saying. So that summary is that little piece of text Couple characters under your under your profile picture, so you're using yeah, you're that headlined. to again reiterate what you do exactly, exactly. So that's that would be that those three components. So profile picture, header, and summary. That's equivalent to like a hero image on a website. And then yeah. what happens? Somebody goes on your website, they're going to start scrolling down. So then in your summary section of your LinkedIn profile, have an about. It can be about you or it can be about your company, um, and then talk about what your company does, what your company offers, and then actually build a CTA into your summary section of your LinkedIn profile. Tell people what you want them to do after they've read through, after they've seen your header, looked at your picture, read your summary, read your about, and then what's the CTA? Is it to email you? Is it to try a free demo of a product? Is it to jump on a call to talk about whatever service or whatever you offer? Mm -hmm. So build this. Build this—I call it a LinkedIn funnel, for lack of a better term—but build this into your LinkedIn profile because it acts as a second landing page. It acts as a second piece of of, of virtual real estate for you to capture and to act as an inbound funnel for your customers, because they're all—you're already reaching out to them on LinkedIn. You're already posting content. So as opposed to the customer finding you on LinkedIn or reading your message on LinkedIn, and going to your company's page, they can get all the information they need just from your summary. And it's coming from a human, which already builds a level of trust. And then you have a call to action right in there. So it's not hard for them to reach out to you if they wanna learn more about whatever you're selling. And that should be at the bare minimum done across the entire executive team. And if you can actually get your company to buy into it because now you're tying, for example, a sales rep's goals uh, which is to make more money, to close more deals, to the company goals. And you can say, if we do this, we can actually prove out that you will close more deals, you'll get more appointments, leads will come in. You don't have to work as hard for those leads. Then you can get your sales reps, your sales team, your sales force to buy in. And they can have now branded LinkedIn profile or some sort of personal branding on their LinkedIn profile that, that turns their profile into an actual sales page, for lack of a, a better term. And that's what I suggest people do to... Build a brand, social sell. It's turning your LinkedIn page into an actual uh, landing page that can convert.
1: Yeah, boom. I mean, there's so many nuggets in there. I think I might have even have a little bit of work to do on mine. <laughs> well, a lot of people, I think, like, I, I I think mine's even pretty decent, it. and I've got some yeah. some some optimizations I can make. But yeah. um, so many nuggets in there, and all of those things really like. I mean, to turn your LinkedIn profile into a sales page, into a LinkedIn funnel, whatever you wanna call it there, uh, benefits you in so many ways. Because even if you, let's say you are using it for outbound, which you should be, yeah. uh, depending on like whether you're putting content out there and you know how optimized your profile is. That is a huge factor in you know how many new relationships you're going to build from those outbound activities. So, you know, thinking that you're going to come up just with some clever messaging and still have a piece of crap profile, it's not going to work. And then if you are you know taking the time and the effort to put content out there, or have a podcast, or write content, or articles, or posts, or original pieces, or video, or whatever it is, or all of the above to then not make it easy and simple for anybody who's consuming that content to actually convert and become, you know, into your world, however that is with whatever call to action you have, that's a, that's a big miss.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I, and I've seen, it's unfortunate. Cause I've seen a lot of, I've seen a lot of consultants do it. Well, I see like, uh, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like uh, Shay Robottom does a really good, she's a big name on LinkedIn. She does it well. Um, uh, Michaela Alexis, uh, she's another name on LinkedIn. She's a LinkedIn consultant. She does it well, but it's a missed opportunity for organizations. They just totally yeah. miss the boat on it. And then, then you have, then you have the VPs of sales saying, why are my, are my sales are spending so much time writing these damn posts? They don't get any leads from LinkedIn. Well, it's because you're missing that third component because you're, you're, po- you're posting content. Yeah. That, that also is better than nothing, but I mean, why not do all of it you wouldn't have a company with no website and you're tweeting and posting on facebook and posting on instagram with no website yeah. and expect that to convert so it just it's a, it's like it's a, such a low-hanging fruit to do and yeah. if you if you really do have pushback from like your team and i get it because it's their personal profile then it's no then you it like any sales leadership lesson you have to tie their goals to the organization's goals. So find a way to do that. And if it's more leads, less effort, more money, uh, more exposure, find a way to give them some exposure if they care about exposure, whatever it may be. Like find a way to tie that activity with the organization's goals. And if you can do that, then that's when you get buy-in to initiative like this.
1: Wow. And, and, I, and I've heard this before and I don't even fully understand it to be honest. Is Why is it that some organizations are still giving pushback on you know, people leveraging their profiles, posting, creating content. I mean, people buy from people, people yeah. build relationships with people. You know, I can't imagine that there's a ton of leads being created off of, you know, company page LinkedIn content.
0: Definitely not. Uh, I, I would say that it's probably less than less than zero on some of the some of the company pages I've seen. Nobody's but... following
1: companies no. on LinkedIn. I don't know what it is maybe they're employees
0: (laughs) yeah maybe but i don't really know why people are so adverse to it i think they're i think there's like you know they're scared like oh are you you know are you focusing on building a profile so you can get headhunted well if that's your if that's your question then maybe you should take a good hard look at you know what you're what you're doing to keep your employees around if you're so concerned about posting a couple posts on linkedin that they're going to go fly you know run away to another company like that's a whole other conversation and i think that i think that's really it i think that it's companies that are are scared of their employees building profiles, putting themselves out there. But you see the best. Uh, who there's one uh, one person who I'm going to give a shout out to who does this very well. Uh, Sarah, her last name is Bra- Brazier from Gong. She's an SDR now. Oh, it's, I think the yeah, Canada's Sarah Brazier. Here. Or Brazier. Is it Brazier? Oh, wow. I totally yeah. butchered. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry, Sarah. <laughs> I've never spoken to her in real life. I've only ever, I only ever see her on it's, LinkedIn.
1: So. That's the power of LinkedIn though, right? Like even yeah, so somebody you've never spoken yeah. to who's yeah. doing it well, like you already feel like you're friends, like you know them, like you know yeah, what they're yeah, all like, about, you, like, you know? If you were going to
0: walk down the street, you'd be like, you'd be okay talking to that person you yeah. like, you feel like you know her. She may be like, who the hell are you? I don't know who the hell you are, you know? But like and you-, you know, and, always, and you don't
1: even know how to like, say my last name. You don't know how to say <laughs> my last name,
0: but um, but regardless, like she, she's working for Gong. She's leveling up in Gong. She's, she's getting, she's, you know, she's in new roles. I, she was SDR. I think she's now account executive. And I'm sure part of that success has to be with her posting a lot and, and building a brand. And now she gets invited to speak. And she hasn't like, she hasn't screwed Gong over. She hasn't just left Gong and been like, no, like she's like proud of that. So like that's the model for an employee building a brand within a company. I think yeah. that's a good a good place to start.
1: Yeah, and I mean, even individual profiles, yeah, typically have so much of a larger following than a company profile anyway. And yeah. if if your company is saying like, hey, the LinkedIn strategy is to take the company page content and share it on your personal page, like. That's not a strategy. <laughs> that doesn't work.
0: No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. You got now to, do to more take than a that.
1: piece and maybe put your own thoughts or put some original, you know, content around it. Maybe that's a good place that's comfortable for you to start. But you know, that's not a strategy that's gonna.
0: You know, when you know, people post your about their company, when they get the money. job and when they quit the job, that's it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and that's not good for the company. Or when they it's not helping yeah. it. Or, or when they raise money.
0: Or when they raise yeah. money, they're proud of that too.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> all right, Scott. Hey, thanks so much for coming on, man. This is, th- this. I mean, that there was so much value in all of that knowledge that you dropped about optimizing the LinkedIn profile. So all you sales cool. hustlers cool. tuning in today, you know, listen to that a couple times, see where you can maybe make some adjustments and, and adopt some of these things that Scott was breaking down today. Uh, any final thoughts, Scott? Where can people follow you? What links are we going to include in the show notes for them?
0: Yeah, man. Um I, I would say uh, you can check me out on all social. Um, I got the same um, same name across. So it's at Scott D. Clary, which is uh, quite convenient. And then I have a I have a website, Scott or I guess if you want to hit up the podcast, because hopefully there's podcast aficionados on another podcast, um, it's uh, successstorypodcast.com. Um, but that's pretty yeah. much it, man. Thank you very much for having me. Awesome. I we
1: will it. drop your website, your LinkedIn profile, the link to the podcast, all of that in the show notes for you sales hustlers. If you enjoyed today's episode, please write us a review, share the show with your friends. And as always, we're listening for your feedback. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Sales Hustle. Are you a sales professional looking to take your sales career to the next level? If the answer is yes, then I want you to go over to salescast.co. Check us out and if you feel that you are ready set up a time to talk with me and my co-founder Chris I'm your host Colin Mitchell And if you enjoyed this episode feel free to leave us a review and share the podcast with your your friends your friends your friends your friends
0: indeed.com slash Clary. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed.